everyone. Welcome to the AFC Donscast on Sunday the 6th of November. It's Graham Mackay here with your weekly Dons News Roundup from the Inverness Reds. Another game of two halves for Aberdeen. A frustrating first half, but a rampant second saw the Dons take all three points against Hibs and jump up to third in the Premiership on Friday night. Boyan Mayoski netted either side of half-time with Ilber Ramadani skating our third. Mykola Kukarovic pulled one back before Leighton Clarkson's fourth put the game beyond doubt. Video referee Stephen Kirkland was heavily involved in the penalty that eventually led to Majofsky opening the scoring well into injury time at the end of the first half and also gave the nod to Hibbs' consolation in the second. We've now scored four goals in five of our last seven home matches in all competitions. The hot and cold between our first and second halves continues to be the talking point. Guys, congratulations. A wonderful evening at Pataudry. Ilber, we'll start with you. You must have enjoyed that out there. Yeah, of course, when you win every time you have to enjoy it, especially when I, uh, the goal I take it today is something special for me, so it was great. Yes, how do you feel about scoring your first goal in front of such a frantic home support as well? Yeah, I, I expected more before, but I'm delighted that I, I take the goal now. And uh, in front of our fans, they were amazing today, and we are happy that we got three points. Leighton, you were awarded Red TV Man of the Match. You're making a habit of scoring great goals for Aberdeen. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. The ball went behind me and then I made it difficult for myself, so I had to um, improvise. Um, but yeah, listen, I'm, I'm enjoying my football. And I'm, I'm happy with the win today. And I felt like we needed it after you know the performance at Ibrox. We were all disappointed about that. Um, you know, we were too open, stuff like this. So um, I'm glad that... You know, we were better out there today and we managed to get the three. Do you feel the second half was a lot more positive than the first? The first half ended well for Aberdeen Leighton, but it was a, a bit more of a battle. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, obviously, the, they're a club that we're fighting for fair place for. Um, you know, the, it, it was very even. Um, minimal chances both ends, really. Uh, more of a battle. Um, I reckon... First 10-15 minutes we started really well um, and then it just become a battle um, but we managed to, managed to get in. Um, is it 0-0? 1-0? 1-0, yeah sorry, 1-0, yeah. So then we, we had that um, one goal that we could you know, relax on um, and then we chose our moments to go and, and put four past them. You'll be up to third in the table now aiming to go from strength to strength from here? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, good for us. We have to keep going like this to stay consistently and we have to keep going. So our th- third place is our uh, objective and we, ha- we hope we go in like this. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you. Jim, how happy are you with the way that panned out tonight? Delighted with the result, first and foremost. Um, you know, the the three points is what matters most in any game. But, um, you know, to win it so convincingly in the end was obviously very pleasing. Uh, the game pretty much panned out how I had uh, taught it would in the first half. I thought it was, you know, both teams very evenly matched. I thought we started the game particularly well, actually, and settled into the game. And then Hibbs had a little spell in the middle of the first half, and then we came strong again towards... Half time, uh, you know, fortunate to get the penalty just on half time, and thankfully, VAR uh, gave us an opportunity to retake that. So to go in one nil up at half time, you know, I thought was crucial. To be honest, uh, we got that kind of sucker punch ourselves last week at Ibrox, uh, where it was level pegging right up to the last minute of the first half, and um, you know, we knew 
what that would do to Hibs and I think it really uh, took the wind out of our sails um, the first goal in, in games like this when they're so tight is always going to be important and um, I thought we managed the game brilliantly thereafter you know the second goals uh, all of the goals really but the second goal is a, a fantastic goal um, you know Ramadani picking up the, the, the second ball from the rebound area getting a strike off have been Given Rama a little bit of stick uh, recently for his lack of goals and his lack of shots because when we were doing our recruitment we remember him scoring a few worldies from 30 or 40 yards so he hasn't managed to do that for us yet but tonight he certainly made up for that and Leighton Clarkson you know a brilliant bit of improvisation at the end I think he uh, you know he's fortunate to have got the second bite at the cherry because he probably should have uh, and could have hit it first time so listen 4-1 in any game is um, is always great our home form has been outstanding the amount of goals we've scored here in front of our home fans is brilliant because it's an entertainment business at the end of the day and we want to you know make them happy and send them home happy but um of a game of this magnitude you know the result was was massive because you know Hibs are a good team they will be at the the top end of the table competing for those, those european slots and it was um it was great to get the victory well, that drama at the end of the first half was quite sensational. Is that drama you enjoy or could do without? Yeah, my, my, listen, the, the length of time I suppose it takes would be what people talk about. Um, but, you know, for me, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, the duration of the stoppage doesn't really concern me as long as the final decision is the right one. And, um, you know, VAR has uh, has been good to us in, in recent weeks. You know, when you think about that Motherwell goal, Mayovsky's first goal, uh, to make it 1-0 would have been chalked off if it hadn't have been for VAR. Um, that penalty, we might not have got the opportunity to retake it had VAR not been there for us. So, listen, we're getting a little bit of the rub of the green, if you like, with um, VAR decisions that are going in our favour. But, of course, we know, you know, throughout the course of the season, they're going to go against you as well. But I'm just delighted that... Um, you know that VAR uh, came to our rescue, if you like, because we've had some uh, decisions that, if VAR had been in place um, in weeks gone by, that you know probably wouldn't have went against us at the time. So, thankfully, we're getting a, a little bit of um, reward at the moment. Up above Hibs into third now. Not only that, but with the margin of victory, do you feel that's a real statement win over one of your rivals for that end of the table? Yeah, listen. I, I mean, look, the, the, the scoreline four one. You know, people probably that weren't at the game or you know read it in the paper tomorrow will assume that we, um, you know, were really dominant and battered Hibs. I, I don't think that was the case. You know, four one slightly flatters us. I think, uh, as I said, I don't think there was a great deal between the two teams. But as soon as we go. 2-1 up, uh, sorry, 2-0 up. It was about managing the game. We were disappointed with the goal that we conceded. Um, I thought Kel Roos makes a great save initially, I think, and then the Hibs get the rebound from the cross. But um, at, at the end of the game, with 20 minutes to go, when we were as comfortable as what we were, it was about you know denying Hibs space. They're quite a direct team. They like to get balls in behind you. And I thought in the first half, we didn't manage well enough with that. Cadden got in behind us a couple of occasions on their right side. So we spoke about that at halftime deepening a little bit, denying them that space in behind. And I thought the guy's done that brilliantly throughout the second half. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about, a really good professional performance. Um, the only criticism probably would be that we didn't keep the clean sheet. But, um, you know, I would take a 4-1 uh, any day of the week. Thanks, Jim. Have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Catch live audio and video of our next match only on Red TV. Subscribe now for full match day coverage, replays, highlights and all the goals, exclusive interviews and behind the scenes content. Sign up now at redtv.afc.co.uk. The best of the action only on Red TV. 
there was other matches in the SPFL on Friday night. Livingston came out top in a 3-2 victory over Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. A Joe Wright double either side of a Bruce Anderson strike had Killy ahead at the break, but Sean Kelly equalised from the spot and Livy won it with a Chris Stokes own goal. In the Championship, a double from Connor Scully earned Cove Rangers a 2-0 win against Queen's Park at Balmoral Stadium. On Saturday, Celtic won 4-2 at home over Dundee United. United are now three points adrift at the bottom of the table after Ross County defeated St Mirren 3-2 in Dingwall. United remain three points in front in the Championship title race after a one-all draw with second place Morton at Somerset Park. It was also one-all between Inverness Cali Thistle and Arbroath in the Highland Capital. Wraith Rovers have jumped to third spot following a 3-1 home victory over a Hamilton side who are now bottom of the table. Dundee hit back from two goals down to defeat Partick Thistle 3-2 at Firhill. Dunfermline Athletic have established a six-point advantage in League One after a 1-0 win at rivals Falkirk. Closest challengers FC Edinburgh went down 3-0 at home to Queen of the South. Montrose saw off bottom club Peterhead 3-0 at Lynx Park and Airdionians beat Clyde 1-0 at New Douglas Park. It was 1-0 between Kelty Hearts and Allo Athletic at New Central Park. The Barton are back at the summit of League 2 following a 2-0 home win over Stranraer, while Stirling Albion slipped to second spot after being held 1-0 at Albion Rovers. Elgin City were 3-2 winners away to Bonnie Rig Rose thanks to a Russell Dingwall hat-trick, and Anna Athletic moved off the bottom of the, at the expense of Forfar Athletic after beating the Loons 4-1 at Station Park, Stenhouse Muir and East Fife drew 2-0 at Oakle View. On Sunday in the Premiership, St Johnston upset the odds by earning a 2-1 victory over Rangers at McDermott Park in the early game. It was the Paris Club's first home win over Rangers since a 4-1 success in March 2010. Hearts edged out Motherwell 3-2 in a thrilling encounter at Tynecastle to move up to fourth place in the table. Britain's most dysfunctional neighbours are back. Series 6 of Two Doors Down starts this Wednesday on BBC Two and Catch Up on BBC iPlayer. Okay, let's look at some of the news then. And Aberdeen manager Jim Goodwin has been successful in reducing his touchline ban after his appeal was heard by an independent panel. Goodwin was handed an eight-game ban after a post-match interview where he called Hibs defender Ryan Porteous a cheat, claiming the player dived to win penalties. The Don's boss was ordered to serve an immediate six-game suspension with two games suspended. Aberdeen felt the punishment was excessive and lodged an appeal and a new disciplinary panel heard the case last Monday. They reduced Goodwin's punishment to three games immediate suspension with two games suspended until the end of the season. A chilly night under the Cormac Park lights was the venue for a top-of-the-table clash as Aberdeen took on Hamilton Ackies on Friday evening, with both teams battling it out for an edge over their league opposition in the Club Academy Scotland Under-18 League. It was a rampant first half for the Young Dons, with Alfie Bavage scoring a hat-trick, Liam Harvey and Brendan Hamilton making it 5-0 at half-time. Adam Emsley added to the goals early in the second half to make it 6-0 on the night. Johnny Hayes will take up a new role this season, which will see him becoming the first ever official player ambassador for the AFC Community Trust. As the first Community Trust player ambassador, Johnny will actively champion and promote the diverse programmes which the Trust oversee, using the power of football to help transform lives for the better. He recently paid a visit to the Football Memories Project, ran in conjunction with Alzheimer's Scotland, where he reminisced with participants about his career. And we also hear from Trust Chief Exec Liz Bowie about the role. Thank you. 
Johnny he's on board. Well, absolutely delighted that Johnny's agreed to be the AFCCT ambassador. Um, I suppose for me and the Trust, it's about having the same energy and passion that he shows on the football pitch, translating that into all the work that we do. Um, so really excited to have him, and we know he's going to make a huge impact visiting all of our activities and getting involved with them. Do you want to start with, just tell us a wee bit about your role within the Community Trust and just how it came about. Um, probably Kevin Stewart. It goes back to um, obviously the relationship, doing a bit of coaching, and Kev's obviously a goalie coach. Um, and you get to know people a wee bit more, and you get to see the work that they're doing behind the scenes. Um, Kev mentioned about like, just helping out with a couple of things here and there, maybe just showing face. Well, but to be honest, I feel like it's an area where we can help each other out. Um, the community tourists working in liaison with the first team as well. And if there's anything, as I said, I think the first team represent obviously not just the football club, but the city in general. I think if there's anything that players can do to help out, little little things, it's not much, it's not time consuming, it's it's a small little things that might make a difference to someone's day. And obviously myself I'm more than happy to do it and I'm hoping that obviously encourages players to do it as well. Johnny, you've been around the club long enough to know the, the fantastic work the trust do, and it's not just about coaching kids. That you know, it should do a lot of, but it's also these types of things a bit as well. It's helping the, the whole wider community in Aberdeen. Yeah, um, as I said, getting an in, insight into it through the guys, um, just knowing what they do on a daily basis. It's hard work. It is. It's something that I'd appreciate. Um, today caused a bit, a little bit close to home in terms of the whole dementia side thing and. It's it, it's something that if I was a family member of something I'd appreciate it as well and it's the work that they do volunteering some amount of time it is it's 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 something that I appreciate. But I think what the fans maybe don't see just the, the work Johnny does. I mean he's wanted to get involved with the community trust, isn't he? Yeah. I mean it just shows you how much he cares about the club and also just the area as well. Yeah, and I think for Johnny it's absolutely genuine. I mean before he's become an ambassador, he's been involved in, in things for us. He's been out to see the kids with our mindset program in Veruri and um, he came to us and he really wanted to get involved. So that's that's genuine, that's a passion and, and we'll embrace that. You've got the Community Trust, Youth Academy, first team player. Any, any role at the club here? No, no, no. It's it just shows you your love of the club, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I said years and years ago that I'll, I'll always be more grateful to the club. I think the club have given me a platform to go and enjoy my football um, nearly eight years now, and I'll be forever indebted to the football club, and if there's anything that I can help out in any way, I'm more than happy to help. You were getting a bit of a grilling today, so we. <laughs> I was, I was, which is is expected. Um, it's uh, some of the, some of the questions, tough questions, a tough crowd. Um, but no, it was great. Obviously, relating to a couple of guys that I played for the club as well, um, just speaking, telling stories. It's honestly, it brightens up my day as well. So if, if it brightens up someone else's day, then I'm all for it. Tell us a bit about this football memory thing. How did it start up? Are you? Um, the, the programme here in Inverness is, is very much volunteer-led, which is incredible. Um, we've got a great network of volunteers who, who work with us at Alzheimer's Scotland and, and they're right out and about in the community setting up amazing groups like this that you see here today. Um, and they've been going for a long time. I, you know, I think it started quite small and it's something that's just been growing over the years. Um, we do run sessions in our centre, in the, in the resource centre in, in Aberdeen and, and then venues like this across the city as well. So a really great way of um, getting people together and reminiscing over um, a love of football and sporting memories. It's great to see Johnny here today. I mean, you've, I mean, you've had quite a number of ex-Aberdeen players for your other ex Yeah, so uh, we really appreciate the support. Joe Harper, Drew Jarvie, uh, Wally Miller and Duncan Davidson. They've all been along. That was kind of pre-COVID. 
Joe's been back since, and Joe and Drew are quite, Joe and Drew are quite a double act. You know, they kind of bounce off each other. And our members have got to know them, and they can really relate to the stories out with their football as well. I mean, that was a, a good story that Johnny was telling about celebrating matches. Well, Joe and Drew have got some really great stories from behind the scenes as well. You know, it's, it's, it's really quite emotional to see the guys reacting to their stories, you know. So I think what's really good is post-pandemic, everything's beginning to open up that we had to shut down. So all of our active ageing programmes are now up and running and we're seeing the impact that we're having on some of our more elderly people um, from our work in dementia with football memories. And that was one of the things that Johnny came along to for us. But right through to health walks, but also we've now got lots of the players being able to get back into the schools and, and the children and young people are loving having their role models there. And I think the more that we can help help out the trust in any way possible, um, it can benefit that relationship between the, the first name squad and the community trust going forward. Excellent work there from the AFC Community Trust. Our under-13s, 14s and 15s were all in Club Academy Scotland Cup finals this weekend with all three age groups playing hearts. Academy Director Gavin Levy previewed the matches of our Young Dons. Gav, it's a big weekend for the Youth Academy. Can you talk us through it? Yeah, we have three cup finals, three out of the four cup finals um, that we could possibly be in for the Academy. So we're really looking forward to it. Uh, We have the 13s and 15s on Saturday playing out of Alloa and then uh, the 14s finals on Sunday in uh, Forfa. It's a massive credit for for our Academy, but also for Hearts as well, for the two clubs to be in uh, three of the Scottish finals. uh, It sort of stands out uh, massively. So, um, no, we're looking forward to it and we've had some good games against Hearts before, so none of these games are going to be easy and I think pretty much we'll have 50-50 contests across the board. And having the three teams reach the final just shows all the incredible hard work that's going on right across the Youth Academy and a bit of a reward for that as well. It's, that's right, and we've said from the outset we, we want to be a team that seem to be winning and whilst we're playing development fixtures and development programmes, all these international tournaments that we've been at, they help us prepare for competitions better than ever. And, uh, you know, we, we finished in all four semi-finals this year and only losing out to Celtic at under-16s. Um, but we managed to beat the old firm in uh, the other three semi-finals, which has seen us progress to the final. But really looking forward to it. And I can tell you the staff and all the players that are involved this weekend and everyone involved in the club will be hoping we can come back with a trophy or two. Callum, cup final this weekend. How much are you and the boys all looking forward to it? Well, the boys uh, and everyone's looking forward. I think the club as a whole is, is really looking forward to it. Not just the 13s, but... It's great that all the age groups uh, uh, have, have reached the finals, so it'll be good to showcase all the, all the teams and, and, uh, that are in the finals this weekend. Hopefully some good results and hopefully some good memories as well. This squad of boys have probably got a bit of experience and, and all the rest of them. I think as going away to tournaments has been really good for them, uh, experience that tournament football, but now also another, another, another uh, part for their development has been involved in the cup final and hopefully... Hopefully what we do it for us for they can play in the first team and hopefully they get used to that, uh, playing in cup finals, many more cup finals through, throughout their development as well. The boys are looking really good. Um, had a good few weeks against a couple of old farm teams um, and playing really well together and as a group progressed throughout the year. Uh, but obviously got themselves a cup final as well, which is great for them. Um, learning all the time different experiences for them and another one comes on Sunday against Hearts. And you've come up through the Youth Academy and made it into the Aberdeen first team. We're seeing quite a few players now doing it in the first team. How important is it for the guys that you coach to see live examples of that and give them hope for the future? 
Well, obviously I've had an opportunity to come back to the club and coach, which is, uh, is really appreciated on my, my behalf, but, and it's it's something I can give back to a little bit as well through the experience I had um, with Raymond Jewell as my coach was back in the day, and Mark Emsley still here, along, along with my uncle, who was uh, Ricky, who, who coached me when I was younger as well, and they gave me experiences that not every kid gets at a football club, and um, my youth days here were excellent, so they can give something back to the boys and you can see the enjoyment they get out of it similar to what I did is great to see and you can see them thriving and growing as people and players and, and individuals is great Derek cup final this weekend how much are you and the boys looking forward to it? Um, massively it's uh, it's been cancelled for twice now I think so just to have it now is uh, fantastic but it's We've got ourselves in a good position that we're in the final, uh, and we just we want it to happen now. Uh, we've started the preparation like uh, last night at training, so uh, just getting the boys back together, speaking to them about what we expect them to be doing, uh, speaking to them a lot about how Hearts play, uh, and Hearts are a very very good side uh, at this age group. Uh, so we know it's going to be a tough game, but I think that we've got in the team and the, the, the players that we've got uh, and the style of play that we have not maybe we can definitely won't cause problems to Hearts I know you guys had success in a tournament earlier this year is that something that can help you in the final this weekend? Massively yeah but it will because we know how much it got the boys together uh, the confidence it gave them because when they've come back they've, they've stuck at it as well uh, and it's just handling the pressure of the, the situation as well it's, it's massive for them so it's it's going to be good. Uh, like I said, we spoke to them about it. Keep them calm this week. Uh, and then, like I said, it's, uh, just look forward to the game on Saturday now and just go out and play. You know, we talk about developing players, but we have to develop a winning mentality in this country as well. And we have to get used to winning. We have to get used to feeling what it's like to lose. We have to feel the different emotions that come with that. Um, but at the same time, it's important we have variety at the young ages as well. And we have to be patient with players and our games programme that we provide here at Aberdeen gives us that nice variety and that nice balance to uh, to allow us to develop both sides. We'll have an update from the Young Dons in our show next Friday. The 2022 AFC Poppy Pin Badge is now available to purchase in store at the club shop and online. It costs a uh, £4. And under 10s winger Kyle Ledford and Mason Porter, under 13s midfielder, have won the Amplus Talent of the Month Awards in September. Congratulations to both for their efforts in the AFC Youth Academy. Conor Barron has been called up to the Scotland Under-21 squad for our forthcoming friendly with Iceland. The match will be played at Fir Park on Thursday the 17th of November with free entry to the stadium for supporters. Ex-Don Calvin Ramsey is also in the squad having just recently played in the Liverpool first team squad. Conor spoke to Red TV prior to the Hibs match. Oh, many congratulations. Cheers, Mo. You enjoy that? Yeah, no, it was a great game. And to come back from 1-0 down and put out a performance like that was, was super from the boys, but we knew it was coming once we got that once we got that bit of momentum, um, we knew the game was done. Yeah. Thoroughly deserved win, and I thought both penalties deserved. Are you claiming an assist for the first one, are you? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but credit to Lewis stepping up, great news for him as well, wasn't it? No, it was brilliant to see Fergie getting two goals there uh, today, and Vinny and the rest of the boys too, um, but no, it was good, so you keep it up. I thought the first half performance we dominated and then obviously lost the goal. What did the manager say to you at half-time? Look, you just said, keep doing what you're doing. We had a good first half, um, albeit we lost that goal, but keep believing in ourselves and it'll come. 
Yeah. But I know there's been an awful lot of hard work done on the training pitch and we've seen the benefits of that now aren't, aren't the pitch yet. No, definitely. Um, the gaffer's been great since he's come in with the boys and everyone's taken to it, which is great. Um, no, it's good. We just need to keep, keep picking up points and see where we end up. Yeah. Disappointing there's no game next week because I think you know that on the back of that performance you should want another game. But you're waving Scotland under 21, so you're looking forward to that? Yeah, I know it should be great. It's my first call up for the 21, so um, it'll be good to see see what happens. Hopefully, get some game time and um, put a mark on that as well. Connor, well done today. Cheers, Mal. Thank you. An Aberdeen player took off a rival supporter's glasses before punching him in the face after being goaded about being sent off a court heard last week. Funzo Ojo admitted squaring up to Dundee United fan Donald Dewar after being sent off at Tanadice. Ojo told Dundee's Justice of the Peace Court that he confronted Mr Dewar on the staircase after hearing comments being shouted at him. The former Belgium under-21, who now plays for Port Vale, was fined £400. Mr Dewar denied trying to goad Ojo and told the court he had been cautioned by the police for his part in the fracas last November. Ojo had denied assaulting Mr Dewar at Tannadice Park and claimed he acted in self-defence. He denied injuring Mr Dewar by pushing him repeatedly, knocking his glasses from his head and punching him to the head. He was found guilty of pushing Mr Dewar and knocking his glasses off. JP Andrew Gurley cleared him of punching Mr Dewar and injuring him on the basis that he was acting in self-defence. Last December, another Dundee United supporter was convicted of assaulting Ojo during the game. Network Rail are refusing to halt works on the railway on the day of our League Cup semi-final match with Rangers in January. The Aberdeen to Dundee line is scheduled to be closed on Sunday the 15th of January. Despite representation from politicians, Network Rail says the plans have been in place since spring and the works will proceed as planned. And it's not the first time that major transport disruption has affected Don supporters heading to Hamden. And finally, the latest chapter in the oldest rivalry in world football will be written next year as Scotland take on England in a special 150th anniversary heritage match to mark the first meeting between the two sides in 1872. Hampden Park will play host to the head-to-head on Tuesday the 12th of September at 7.45pm as part of the year-long calendar of events from the Scottish FA to celebrate the history of the association. The original contest is recognised by FIFA as the football's first ever international match as 4,000 supporters packed into the West of Scotland Cricket Club in Glasgow. Tickets will go on general sale from Wednesday, the 11th of January. I won't go quietly. I'll battle till the end. Our glories belong to the past. And the world will move on. And we'll be left with nothing. How did it come to this? It's a new decade and the royal family are facing what may be their biggest challenge yet. Season 5 of The Crown starts this Wednesday, the 9th of November, only on Netflix. OK, next up for the Dons is more midweek action away to Livingston at Almondvale on Tuesday night. Kickoff is at 7.45pm. If you can't make it to the game, you'll be able to watch it live on Red TV International. Coverage starts at 7.30pm, audio only in the UK and Ireland. Yeah, the match on Tuesday night in the Premiership is between Hibs and Ross County, also at 7.45pm. And then on Wednesday night, it's Dundee United versus Kilmarnock, Motherwell versus Celtic, Rangers versus Hearts and St Mirren versus St Johnston, all 7.45pm kickoffs. 
Our last match before the World Cup is this coming Saturday at home to Dundee United for the 6pm kickoff at Pataudry. Tickets for the match are still on sale. And during the break, the squad will be heading to the US for a training camp and will play an Atlanta United 11 on the 16th of November. Kickoff is at 3pm in Atlanta and 8pm in the UK. I'll be back with the AFC Donscast this Friday following our midweek encounter. So till then, have a great week and stand free. All your latest Dons news. This is the AFC Donscast.